starting with the first scripture, the top of the page, Proverbs 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. Look to the bottom of the page, Proverbs 23. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Across the page to Proverbs chapter 30. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. And finally, from Matthew 6 at the bottom of the right hand page. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it speaks to us about all sorts of things, including on this very practical issue issue of managing money. And so, Father, we ask that you would really help us this evening and be speaking to us through your word, we pray. Amen. Um, meet Percy the piggy bank. Um, Percy is the greatest piggy bank you could ever have. He, he might look quite, quite ordinary, uh, but he's really not. Um, he does collect your money. He does keep it safe until you turn to it and open him up and get the money that you've put in out. But he's so much more than that. You see, inside there are lots of different kind of compartments. Uh, um, uh, there's, there's one for one pound coins, there's one for five pound notes and so on. It keeps your money really organized. But there's even more than that. Percy will actually manage your money for you. He he is very clever. He he knows exactly how much money needs to go out for those those bills that you need to pay. He knows how much money to set aside each week for your shopping. He knows what you want as well. So he knows when you want to buy a new dress or upgrade your car. He knows that that's going to happen and he buys it for you. He takes all the stress out of having to manage your money by doing it all for you. 
It sounds wonderful, but unfortunately he only exists in my imagination. (laughs) See, managing money, it may feel a bit of a boring subject. For some of us, it could be stressful just to think about the idea. For some of us, we will have had bad experiences with, with money, with finances getting into a lot of mess. Others of us may well be very well off and feel okay. Some of us may well be feeling rather poor and wondering how on earth we can make ends meet. And some of you may even think you've got this whole managing money business sorted. If that's the case, please do chat with me later. Um, managing money is something we Christians do have a responsibility to do. And if you were here this morning, you'll have heard Phil kick off this series on managing money. Uh, and he, he mentioned how, how money belongs to God and is given for our benefits. And so we need to be responsible in the way that we manage it. This God-given resource. Being a Christian won't mean that we're going to magically be able to manage our money well. I've known lots of Christians, including in my own family, who've made a mess of their finances. So we're dealing with a real practical issue in our daily Christian walk with God. And it's surely also dishonouring to God if we don't think about this, if we aren't responsible with the resource that he has blessed us with. So thankfully we have the Bible, we have God's words to help us in this and um, there's a book in the Bible uh, which most of our readings came from this evening, the book of Proverbs, which is a collection of wise sayings. So I feel like that's a good place for us to start off at. Uh, And we start in Proverbs chapter 6 and the ant example, the ant example. The ants are remarkable creatures. I've been discovering this uh, over the last few weeks. I've been sitting out in the garden and I've been watching ants busy at work, carrying leaves several times their size. It's incredible how they do it. And they are certainly not not lazy creatures either. Here in these uh, verses in Proverbs 6, the ant is compared with a sluggard, a, a completely lazy person. Let's have a read of them. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a thief. This is a call for the sluggard, the lazy person, to take the example from an ant who stores away its provisions ready for the harvest time when it knows it needs it. The alternative way of being a sluggard doesn't sound very attractive, I don't think, in those verses. Someone who lives life lazily, the result, it says, is poverty. Poverty of their own making. You see, we can't expect to have money to manage if we're not actually doing anything to get it. So I think we learn two things from 
uh, these verses. First of all, it's we need to work hard. So the ant just naturally works hard. It doesn't need anybody to tell it to work hard. No parents, no, no boss. See, it's not going to get anything. It knows that if it just lounges about like the sluggard. That food for harvest isn't going to come if it doesn't work hard at storing away its provisions. And this principle of working hard is continued elsewhere in Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 11, there on your sheets. Those who work hard, uh, their land will have abundant food. But those who chase fantasies have no sense. So why do we do this? Well, God wants his people to be working hard. He he wants his people to be servant-hearted. Jesus, when he came to earth, he came came not to be served by us, but to serve us. So let me ask you, do you work hard for the money that you you get? You see, for us, that that holiday isn't going to come in the summer if we don't spend time working hard in the winter. Nor should we expect food just to turn up our plate at dinner time if we're spending time lazing around in bed all day. The second thing I think we learn from this is saving. See, the ant stores away its provisions so that it can use it wisely in the future at the harvest time. And so, uh, I think we can do the same. If we're blessed enough to be able to save uh, our money, to use it wisely in the future, maybe it's just a little bit uh, of perhaps our pocket money, or perhaps we're able to save more. But it can be useful for future use, maybe when we don't have so much income, or maybe when we want to pay for that holiday, or when we want to give to someone who's in particular need. Elsewhere, Proverbs uh, speaks again of this principle of saving. Uh, I quite like this verse, Proverbs 21.20. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. I don't know if you uh, ever gulp down your olive oil. Uh, I can't say I have. Um, It sounds a bit gross. But the point of that is, not just using our resources all up in one go, but let's be saving them. Let's not just waste them away. Why? Because it's being responsible. It's taking care of the resources that God has blessed us with. So, let me encourage you, next time you see an ant, think of this example uh, that we have here in the Bible. Otherwise, poverty may come quickly upon you. Second way of wisdom in managing our money is giving to the poor. Giving to the poor. That's part of how we can manage our money. If we're blessed enough to be able to give money to people, to those who are in need. Proverbs 19 verse 17 says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Giving money to the poor is like lending to the Lord, lending to God's work. So if God has blessed us with money, uh, 
that we can then bless others with. That's part of how he wants to work, to bless those who are in need of some kind. And it's in line, I think, with the character of God. We see throughout the Bible verses such as Psalm 146, he upholds, at Psalm 146 verse 7, he upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. Or Luke 12, 33, sell your possessions and give to the poor. That's what Jesus says. And this verse says there is reward, not that we'll get more money in return, although God may in his wisdom choose for that to happen. Rather, I think it's a comfort of knowing that we have blessed someone as God has richly blessed us. And that we've been of help to someone as God has been of help to us in our, our greatest need. You see, our great example in giving is Jesus. Jesus on the cross who gave up his very life for the sake of all of us who are spiritually poor. Spiritually poor because we sin and that deserves God's judgment. Yet Jesus would face that for himself at the cross. So that in him we can become spiritually rich, having all that we need in Jesus. And so that generous love that Jesus has shown should compel us, I think, to want to give, to want to be a blessing to those that are in need, just as Jesus has been to us. So, so why don't we seek to bless others with what we have, be it money that we have or, or money that, uh, food that our money buys? So, for example, at the back of church, there's a place where you can put food and things in for the Brighton Hope City Mission, for their, their food bank. What a great thing to do to bless other people. Or, or give to those in church that we perhaps know are struggling. Or, or spend our, our time uh, sacrificing ourselves for just a few hours a, a week when night shelter comes around next year. That would be a great thing to do. Thirdly, let's think about the dangers of riches. The dangers of riches. As we manage our money by working hard in the saving that we do, by setting aside money to give to those who are in need. We're not to do it with the aim of getting rich as quickly as we can. That's a wrong motive. But simply to be responsible with the money that God has chosen to bless us with. And Proverbs warns us of the dangers of riches. Proverbs 23, verse Four to five on your sheets there. It says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust in your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off like an eagle. I don't know if you've ever seen a £10 note sprout wings and fly off. I've been imagining that a lot this week. Um, it sounds magical, doesn't it? Like something out of Harry Potter. 
But it's a great illustration of riches, uh, that they will sprout rings and fly off like an eagle. In other words, they don't last. So merely cast a glance at riches. Don't stand there and gaze at riches at something that's not going to last you for, for all eternity. And I think this is good news for us if we're spending our time working so, so hard for money trying to get as much as we possibly can, and yet getting very little rest, getting very little time spent with our family or friends, very little time spent with God. If that's the case, then you're wearing yourself out to get riches. In fact, it's so important to you that it's become an idol in your life. It's taken the place of God, who should be at the centre. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament warns that, us of that in 1 Timothy 6. Verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. We'll be looking specifically at those verses in a few weeks' time. But just to say, if we're provided with Food and clothing, that is enough, according to Timothy. If we have everything that we need, then that's okay. We can be content with that. We can't take our riches with us after we die. And in fact, there's dangers that riches can bring us. So don't stand, don't stand and gaze at riches. But stand and gaze at God. Long for more of him instead. And fourthly, we need a good balance. A good balance. Proverbs 37 to 9. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me my, only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonour the name of the Lord my God. See, if we are too rich, there's a danger that we're going to ignore and forget God. Forget our need of him because we believe the lie that we have all we could ever need in our riches or if we're too poor we may become desperate and do something like stealing which would break a command of God and so that would dishonour him (coughs) managing money rightly so that we have simply all we need that's what what it means by when it says daily bread give me my only my daily bread only the things that I Daily needs. Managing money rightly will help us to avoid both problems. So let me ask you, how are you managing money in a responsible way that will honour God? How are you managing money in a responsible way that will honour God? If we are blessed with a good amount of money, Perhaps it means for some of us that that we need to look at perhaps how much money we're we're giving to those that are in need. 
Perhaps we need to review what we are investing our money in. Like how much money are you willing to spend on stuff in your living room? New sofas, new candles, t- a TV, cushions. My mum seems to have so many cushion covers, I don't understand the point at all. <laughs> or, or why do you do things like purchase a, a new phone every year? Do you really need that? And then think in comparison, how much of the money that God has given you, how much of it do you choose to invest in his kingdom? And if we're not blessed with riches, and perhaps we're really struggling in fact, perhaps we need to find help in in managing our money better. But help with budgeting. Maybe it's really practical and we need help in finding a job. Getting help with the problems of overspending. You just feel like you can't stop spending your money. Or maybe you have uh, maybe an addiction to something like gambling. I'm seeing that in a friend of mine just recently who's spending huge amounts of money I'm not seeing much in return. Spending it in in casinos and places like that. How can that be a way of being responsible with the money that God has blessed us with? If you're struggling in any of these areas, we don't want you to struggle alone. Do you chat with Phil or I or someone, uh, a Christian here this evening that you trust? I've said our focus shouldn't be on riches. Instead, instead our focus needs to be on God and his kingdom. And so let's finish by turning to those famous verses of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, where he tells us to store up treasures in heaven. You see, money isn't going to last us for all eternity. And these Verses of Jesus really do help us to get our focus right. Storing, uh, let let me read them. Um, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Storing up treasure on earth to a point is wise, as it's important we are responsible with the God-given resource that we've been blessed with. However, spending all our time and energy on that is not going to last us. And it's not going to satisfy us for all eternity. So what are you treasuring in your heart? That's what Jesus means by that. If you're treasuring money, earthly things, above God and his kingdom, then that's not going to last you. Jesus wants us to treasure, um, find our treasure in heaven. That's where it's safe. So how do we do that? 
Well, it's by spending our time not treasuring things of earth like our money, but it's by treasuring God. Let the way we spend our money and everything else, our time, our focus, be transformed as we treasure God and his eternal kingdom above everything else. Let me tell you about a man called, uh, I can't quite pronounce his name right, so do forgive me, but uh, there's a photo of him on the screen. L.G., no, R.G. Litorne. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, he was a Christian. He committed his life to Christ at a revival in 1904 at the age of just 16. And he went on to become a successful businessman and the father of the modern earth-moving industry. And as he got wealthier, he decided to commit himself to live on just 10% of what he earns and gave away the 90% to kingdom work. He gave that 90% away to kingdom work. Uh, He was also the founder of a university in Texas, so that's part of what he he put his money in. But he also gave generously to mission work in Africa and South America. He showed radical generosity that helped resource the 20th century explosion of Christianity in the global south. And when he was asked about this commitment to give uh, this money away, He said, the question is not how much of the money I give to God, but rather how much of God's money I keep for myself. And he said that because he found his treasure not on earth, but in God, who had transformed his life and who he was seeking to serve. So as we seek to serve God, rather than money, or anything indeed. Let treasuring God, let that shape the way that you manage your money. Instead of looking to our own interests, we'll look to the, instead to the interests of others, just as Jesus did. Jesus wants us to give to the poor, He wants us to invest in his kingdom, something of eternal value. Jesus spent his life serving his master, his father. He treasured his kingdom so much that he gave up his life for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. For the sake of you, so that you can find your treasure in his kingdom. Rather than the things of earth which are passing away. And Jesus says there, that last verse on our sheets, that you can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. So choose God. Let him shape the way you seek to wisely earn and manage your money. And let's pray together that we'd be a people who treasure not riches on earth, but treasure God and his eternal kingdom above all things. Let's do that now. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
so much for the many blessings you give us. Father, however much money you've chosen to bless us with, we pray, Father, that we'd become better at taking care of what you've given us. And we pray that we'd be able to use it in light of your eternal kingdom, we pray. Amen.